Hello and welcome to On the Horizon podcast coming at you from Dean Studios. We're an extension of Horizon Church, a relationally driven, socially conscious, Jesus-centered church located in the heart of Towson, Maryland. I'm your host, Ryan Casey, and today we're having a That Just Happened episode with our guests Steve McDonald and Zach Kuhn. Thanks for joining me today. Good to You're be welcome. here. Before we get started, I'd love for everyone to know a little bit about both of you. Tell me about your family, what you do for a living, how long you've been coming to Horizon, and maybe some of the roles that you play at Horizon. Zach, let's start with you. Sure. Um, well, I'm uh, married to my wife, McCall, and I'm an attorney. Uh, I've been coming to Horizon since 2007, believe it or not. Woo. About 12 years this spring. So, um, At Horizon, I'm on the worship team. Um, so that includes leading worship, playing guitar, bass, and doing sound. Uh, and then more recently, I've been a part of the space committee here at Horizon. Awesome. Yep. And we'll get into what that is. That's great. How about you, how about you Steve? Our own, our own version of Space Force. <laughs> oh, so. That's right. <laughs> so I've been at Horizon for about 10 years. Um, and funny story as to why I came, because my son was here first, loved it. And then, like any good parent, I kind of poked my head in just to see what, what all was happening here, because they were meeting in a movie theater. And I just wanted to make sure it wasn't just about movies. That's so, right. So came, uh, experienced it. My heart was warmed, and Beth and I have uh, embedded ourselves here for about 10 years and wouldn't have it any other way. It's just been a great experience for us. So married, I'm an insurance agent, uh, have three kids, grown children, um, and five grandkids. So um, my pipeline is busy. <laughs> <laughs> and you uh, serve on Leadership at Horizon. I do. I do. I've been there for about 10 years um, and uh, have enjoyed it um, and also a member of this space committee. And that, uh, I will affectionately always refer to it as best church committee ever. Oh. <laughs> and he won't say this, but I'll say he is actually the president of Horizon. And if all of you have wondered who the El Presidente is, he is sitting with us right now. Although we're entertaining the name Monarch McDonald. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back. We'll revisit that one in the future to see if that sticks. Uh, but yeah, so we are going to kind of tell a little bit of the journey. We're here to talk about the property that Horizon just purchased, which is 36 East Burke. But to understand that story, we need to go a little farther back to the creation of a space committee. So I, let's start with this. Do you guys remember why we started the committee in the first place? Well, like all things at Horizon, um, it, it drives and, and centers around passion. And as uh, our journey, which is huge language and, and really applicable to, to this whole project. As this journey started to take shape, it became obvious that uh, the task uh, of finding a permanent home in Towson was really daunting. And Towson is changing, it's evolving. Um, there are a lot of different competitive forces in it. Um, and churches don't always uh, compete well in that setting. Mm. So what we did was just put up a, a bunch of people together that were creative and curious and passionate about this next home for Horizon, and uh, it turned out to be one of the best uh, community experiences I've ever had. We had, honestly, just all-stars, yeah. people that were smart, passionate, committed, and, and just really driven to find uh, the next home for Horizon. That's right. Yeah. And, and, you know, following our kind of legacy, we had been in the movie theater for, gosh, I don't remember how many years, six years. And then we kind of moved over to First Lutheran and we've been running there ever since. And they have been really generous with us. Like our ability to thrive as a church has largely been because they have allowed us to rent for such a cheap price. In, in, in all candor, it, they have been lavish yeah. in their welcoming to us. Absolutely. So the, big kudos to them. Yeah. 
But, you know, we didn't know if First Lutheran will be in that building forever, and we didn't want to be we, – we were caught with the movie theater. We had been looking for a little while, but really it was dropped on us like in four weeks, you're out. And we had yeah. we had to come up very quickly with what the plan to do next was. And so we wanted to be for, forward-thinking about this, to have a plan about where we're going. Like if First Lutheran decided tomorrow that they were selling this building – like, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, and so I think doing our due diligence and figuring out what are the options that are out there? Are they different from the journey? Because we did a little bit of looking when we left the movie theater, but things have changed in those eight years or whatever it's been since we did that. So we wanted to see what kind of options were even available to us. So it was a really great exercise of, of everybody kind of doing their homework about, like, where could we meet if we needed to? And it's interesting to to go back and, and think about, um, just kind of a bias in the yeah. real, re- renting community right. for church. Mm-hmm. If you identify as a church going in, a lot of times you don't get return calls. That's absolutely right. Um, and yeah. uh, space is just not available. Um, it always was mysterious to us as to why uh, that wouldn't be a bigger priority right. uh, as far as uh, adding to the, the fabric of a community. Mm. So it almost was if um, we, we spread out and, and almost challenged a bunch of paradigms yeah. that we had as core because mm-hmm. the, the whole owning of, of, of uh, real estate for us was, was a change, mm. was a departure from kind of lean and mean. We're going to embed into a community. We're going to be part of it. And we're going to put resources into people and into programs and into ministry. Yeah. But as we developed and, and, and matured, it became obvious that our growth was such that we needed maybe more permanency yeah. and then think about you know what came next in our paradigm. So it was kind of a shift. Yeah. And that shift was interesting in its growth um, uh, uh, edges that we experienced and that we developed from and matured. So this all starts, and then we fan out, and we start looking at kind of a concentric circles. Yep. So we'd go out three, four miles. We'd go north of, of 695 and try to envision how we would look if yeah. we changed locations. Because mm-hmm. we were Towson-centric. Very much. Uh, there, were, there, there was a, a, a large part of our church family that walked, um, and, and, and we were really committed to the university. But we uh, correctly just said, okay, everything's off the table. Let's just see what God has for us, yeah. and let's let's start exploring uh, new paradigms, new locations, uh, new communities, and let's see where God moves. That's really well said. I feel like I think that like uh, it was an interesting journey to try to figure out like what changes who we are too much. You know, like uh, if we go over to this space, we kind of lose this part of our identity, but we can do these mm-hmm. things a little bit differently. Is that who we are as a church? Is that who God's calling us to be in the next? So season? so healthy so going healthy. through all of those, even uh-huh. if a lot of them were were not followed, yeah. but it, it reinforced right. what our DNA was. Do you remember any of the fun places that we talked about? What are some of the ones that come to mind? Anything come to mind when you think about the spaces that we looked? So I remember one of my favorites was uh, a Salvo Auto Parts store. <laughs> yes. And trying to imagine, how could we fit into here? And where could we put our kids? And, and how would it look? And the oil pans. Um, and, and then parking was always an issue. Oh, yeah. Because the more that you move in mm-hmm. Towson, the more it becomes mm-hmm. um, a real barrier to kind of a church growth. Uh, and, and maybe that's why a lot of, uh, of, of venues don't like churches because that mm. surge of, of traffic in and out. I mean, right. there's, a, again, a confirmation bias that starts to rear its ugly head yeah. um, with churches, with kind of the, the, the church rhythm. And um, I know in neighborhoods, oftentimes, right. there were times where people would say, are you going to come here? Are you gonna, how many people are you going to come? Where yeah. are you going to park? And so a big issue. Absolutely. Do you remember anyone that stuck out to you, Zach? I just remember, you know, 
everything becoming a potential church location in your day-to-day life, you know, um, if I heard about some space opening up through work or if I was walking around Towson or on a drive, you just start, the wheels start turning. You're thinking, well, is there enough storage there? And where's the parking going to be? Um, how many people could we hold? What, you know, would it be too expensive and how would we use the space during the week? And what would the landlord be like? Right. And just that endless. I remember a basement that we were in one time. We actually went, so, so it wasn't just street level. We'd go up, we'd go down, we'd go left. Um, we were in a basement one time and it was, it was really cut up, but, but we, we, came up with a plan of how we make we that work. could work yeah. this bathrooms oh yeah forgot about that <laughs> do we need those or not are they optional oh well and, and and so what i remember about that process from more so from when we were moving from the movie theater to the uh first lutheran location because that's when i was really more involved in i think at that point um i just remember that it seems like nothing was a good fit mm-hmm. and that we were always trying to shoehorn yeah. into something yeah. and trying to make it stretch to the point where it would work yeah um, but but coming up against that that resistance yeah well and i found like two of the biggest barriers were like rent that was just too extravagant to pay for rent like with no, a lot of people who were charging the most didn't want any us to have any ownership stake because you know they wanted us to be renters which is totally understandable you don't if you're in your own space and you're not looking to sell it you don't want somebody coming in who's trying to get like an ownership portion out of that <clears throat> so there was churches that were very willing to give us space but didn't feel like it was more stable or more long term and they needed more rent you know that yeah. like from or what the we, times they would right. give to us yeah you, you, you can have seven seven o'clock on on, yeah. on a thursday night and that's when you can have church right and and that just wasn't going to work although we did entertain yeah. it for a while yeah. to think yeah. you know could that could that fit and I, I specifically really remember dreaming about the uh, the area. It's like a shopping center up on a hill where the mattress store is. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like a way up. I was up. thinking about that. <laughs> like that was like, I, you know, it would have been so fun, like to have like a city, you know, city on a hill motif type thing. But like, uh, but man, it was expensive. And like, not only that, but talk about the no calls back. I think they had no interest in having a church. You know, I, I've, I've been yeah. to churches that are in strip malls and in areas like that. I don't know how they sell themselves in a way that makes them desirable because first of all, the rents crazy second of all the people didn't seem to have any interest in people who were going to bring attenders once a week they wanted other businesses that were going to draw people or, or they would area. not want you to bring attenders right. during the week during, because then that would compete with the other the other members wow. of, the, of the shopping community right yeah. right so it was interesting so i felt like I, we, we felt like a lot of doors closed as we dreamt outside the box but like uh but it was a healthy exercise again really healthy and it really brought us i think got me to the place I and mean, i think the rest of us too where man we were really grateful for what we had Sharpened our yeah. focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the other thing was, is that we were really sensitive mm. to if we changed our location, would that impact churches that we were in community with, and we didn't want that to happen. That's mm-hmm. right. We were really, we were really particular, maybe to a fault. Right. Of if we move too far uh, in a certain direction, that's right. Would it be inconvenient for our church family, mm. and then would it would it be a competitor? an unhealthy competitor to the, to the church family in large right. up and down the 83 quarter, which right. we didn't want to do. Absolutely not. No, we, yeah. Well, and, and can I just say, what I really loved about the space committee meetings was, and you guys are getting a taste of it right now, mm-hmm. you know, the brainstorming sessions that we had and the level of uh, creative energy that we were able to just distribute around the room. Uh, Steve did such a fantastic job leading those meetings, mm-hmm. oftentimes early morning pre-work meetings, um, you know, with five to 10 people in the and room. And lots of coffee. Lots of coffee, some, some danishes, and, uh, you know, writing on the whiteboard. Yeah. Um, and yeah. just, yep. just asking questions that we kind of may have already known the answer to, um, but running down the rabbit holes and trying to see what came out of it. Right. 
Right, right. What it would link to. We, we wanted to set up an environment where no idea or paradigm was off. Mm. We could entertain it and looking for maybe what something would link to or affirm mm. that hadn't been emphasized like that before. I remember hearing this quote that uh, came from Bill Johnson, and it just seemed like a guiding principle that God was not hiding this from us. Mm. The space that we were going to get into, he was hiding it for us. Mm. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that is so true, and we're mm. going to hang on to that until it appears and, and we start to settle in. So why did this journey ultimately lead us right back to where we were meeting all along? So interestingly enough, we almost tried too hard not to take what was right in front of us. Mm. And uh, our decision-making process was trying to be as neutral and as unbiased as possible. And also, we were, we were, I think early on, we were constantly bumping up against our first 10-year paradigm, which was lean, mean, and, and, and put money into people. And it, I think it took us a while mm. to come to grips with we can still be Horizon, fulfill God's mission for us, and own. Yeah. That, that journey and that migration from renter to owner just took a while for yeah. us all to collectively grip it, accept it, and then embed into it. Yeah. Well, I think I think for me too, because part of why the rental model was beneficial for us was that we could do church for cheap. Yeah. Um, but as we were looking, if we were going to expand, if we were going to move into anything that had any sense of permanency or multiply, you know, that yeah. was that was that right. still is in our heart. Exactly. That, that the, what we do at Horizon is 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 God given. Right. And if it's God given, then it, we have to be generous with it and not be proprietary right. and just say us and no more. Yeah. And I felt like that if we like what we were looking at was our rent was going to go up so much anywhere that we moved to that, like, it almost made it almost became poor stewardship not to buy. If we were going to spend that kind of money in rent, like, how do we not own something at the end 30 years after that? You know, um, and so and just from a sheer philosophy of life, like to spend that kind of money, I felt I started feeling like we could still be nimble and neutral with a good payment. That charge yeah. should be good mm -hmm. stewards yeah. with money. Mm -hmm. Right. Really weight heavy. Ryan, you're a thousand yeah. percent right. Right. And, and how do we get God's rate of return right. on the precious dollars that come to us. That's right. And part of that was First Lutheran being so generous and saying, That's right. uh, we're, we're going to charge you something, but it didn't bear any resemblance mm. because of their generosity and their forward thinking that they wanted to perpetuate ministry in Towson. You're right. And, and for the first time in our history, too, like, you know, tithe had been steady throughout, you know, steadily growing throughout the time that we've been going to Horizon. But in the last few years i feel like people have just really blown us away with their generosity and and all of a sudden we had this because of the low rent that we had and because of the great tithers that we had we had this lump sum for like a down payment that we did invest, not yeah right. that we never had in our history before like so like uh so all of a sudden like the idea of like a deposit even wasn't like out of the question um but i think the triggering event and i'm trying to remember i might be wrong on this correct me if i'm wrong was that we found out that First Lutheran was willing to sell their side property, 36 East Burke, which is what we're here to talk about. Yeah. But I think that kind of came out to us that they were thinking about selling that. And I think that triggered this whole other that level. That was a domino. That, 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 domino. That, that fell first, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, well, maybe this could have worked. Right. And what if yeah. we were here? And how do we get to being here? That's right. Well, and I think on top of the discussions we were having you know, about trying to discern what the options were and, and weigh them, 
um, there then became overlaid on top of that this mm. catalyst or this this uh, emerging event that could intervene in what we were doing that could f- right. force our hand a little bit perhaps to think more strongly about mm. or what our options were and perhaps to embolden us to take a, a bigger step. So let me pick up on that because it just occurred to me that maybe the exercise that we went through for 15 months to not hold sacred paradigms allowed us then to look at this mm. event that's right in in a more neutral light and and ask the, the the best question in the world what if right yeah because it you know the sequence here probably is off-road <laughs> but it works for us maybe and maybe that's you know just how how horizon does with 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 our love for holding tensions in the opposite yeah and 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 living in that so the intervening event of this property coming for sale and saying well what if that's first right well why not well let, let's at least toy with it play with it yeah. spin it yeah. see if it works exactly and then we're off to the races well and i think that's that's the i think obvious question to anybody who's who's listening to this is like why would you buy a a house in the middle of Towson if you're looking at permanent space. And I think for us, the question that's was a fair never, question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very fair question. I think for us, it was never like that was never the end goal. But we thought maybe this is the open door to approach the goal that we had, which was to own the main campus building. Um, and so, uh, you know, one of the things that we were really worried about was like we still felt like that building was a long range fit for us. But if they sold half the land yeah. and that house and half the parking lot, it really affected our ability to meet their long range. So to then come to grips with if that was in a developer's hands right and not in us developing it that's right. then would that diminish where we are and our conclusion was overwhelmingly yes yeah, right. so then the thought emerged well what if we're the ones that develop that's right and then we looked around the room and said okay no developers here <laughs> yikes what do we do that's right <laughs> well and i think as, as a critical component of that the the fact that part of the parking lot for the church building mm-hmm. extends onto the backyard of the white house properties right. 36 east burke um that was a clincher yeah, i think in terms of of uh, making us aware of the need to uh hang on to this property if we could yeah and Ryan, I think it was a huge credit to you oh, absolutely. that you, know, you, you you crunched the numbers on this. I think every time that we talked about this as a group, you had a pad out and you had like calculations and you knew, you know, you had a very good handle on what could Horizon afford in terms of monthly payments. Absolutely. A guiding, a guiding light with his, his experience with real estate. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's the captain of, of, of all yeah. that happened here. Yeah. So if, 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 if there is someone that gets nominated for the Church Hall of Fame, Ryan Casey <laughs> is is the guy, I and, and, and I will be—I I will <laughs> say the nominating speech for that. Oh, very absolutely! Kind of I mean, I I just felt confident in it because of the team. You know, I, I think the minds that we had in that room thinking together. I think any one person can miss have a huge blind spot. Does that make sense? But like having a lawyer, having an insurance guy, having somebody with a little bit of real estate background, having all these other players who thought creatively, having you know Tim with his finances and and Brody and Beth and Mark, like there were just so many like thoughts. And the brother Zip, the brother Zip were amazing. They they just would weigh in, and you think brother Zip, I love it. (laughs) I wish I had thought of that. I concur. I said that a lot. I concur. That's well, right. yeah, it, I mean, it really was a brain trust. Yeah. Like it, 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 it was actually, you know, just on a personal, selfish level, um, very exhilarating mm-hmm. to, it was. to like walk out and then set about our day. And you know, even, right. even in like heading out of the meeting, you know, Steve was very empowering about you know each <laughs> us, each of us going out and seizing the day that we had in front of us. But, uh, but what, a, yeah, what a group of people. 
and everybody brought something to the table that just helped to shape this process mm-hmm. and just kind of right. perpetually, you know, touch it and, and, and shape it in the process. I, I, I loved our ability to agree together. Um, I looked forward to, to our ability to disagree correctly with mm-hmm. each other yeah. and to hold uh, opposite opinions um, and to hold them firmly, but yet correctly. Yet this doesn't happen all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's why I just uh, uh, relish the times of uh, creative thinking and, and would, th- would often reflect back and think, that's how it should work. That's, right. That's how projects should be approached. And I just can't believe that mm. God's not going to honor that with something special. And guess what? Mm. He did. That's right. Well, you know, and so so then became this like process. So we decided, yes, this is where we want to be. But here was the interesting thing. Like First Lutheran had no intention of selling their main campus. That was not what they were setting out to do. That was not something they were entertaining necessarily. So and I, firm I, about right. don't even talk about it. <laughs> that's right. So that's, right. That, that's off limits. Okay, so there's a barrier here. So I remember trying to craft a plan of how do we propose to buy a building that's not for sale, which if anybody's ever tried to do that, like I, I know people who have written letters to people like, hey, I love your house. Would you ever sell it? Like there's I mean, like we basically thought we had one shot to put this idea in their mind. It's like inception. We need to go in, plant the seed and then walk away and let see if it grows to something. And, and so, there was a moment where yeah. maybe that's all. That's right. That's all it might be. And then explain that to the congregation. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I remember uh, having the space meeting and kind of carving what we would want to do with this one shot. And somehow I got selected, I think just because my relationship with First Lutheran, to, to maybe go into their – to ask for a time in their meeting. And I'm going to give Brody a lot right, of credit for right. this. You, you, had earned, you had earned the right to be heard. Well, well thanks. You, yeah. you, no, no. You, you got you to understand and appreciate the fact of, of how deeply – but even before this was, was, was a, an idea germinating – you had been so influential to that church that they couldn't help but entertain mm. your opinion. So, again, the captain. Well, I appreciate that. But I, I, yeah. but I, I remember, I guess Brody, who's a great, just, you know, he tells, he tells a great story. And he helps present something really well. He tells really the well. best story. And so he, he, he was, like, assigned to kind of, like, help me kind of craft the pitch meeting. You know, if anybody's going to go into a pitch meeting, well, we, need a, we need a Brody's head kind of basically in my body because I, I had put the time in to earn the right. So, like, yeah. but we're kind of, like, crafting this. Like, I'm putting this on paper. And, and Brody kind of stopped. And this is, like, really, really funny. He goes, Ryan, there's just not enough story in this. You're a storyteller. Like what story are you telling me? How like great, this, how great is oh that? Oh my gosh! And like and so uh, he totally shifted the whole idea of saying like I'm coming with a business plan, yeah. and he's like you need to come with a story that is captivating that. about why this is a space that we can continue their legacy in that sense and like uh, and just I mean brilliant thought reoriented the whole tone and the whole idea of how we were going into this. But yeah. I, I it was one of the more nervous things I've ever been is sitting down with their council and saying hey I know that you're thinking about selling 36 East Burke. Would you be open to selling not only that property to us, but this one as well? And like, and kind of pitching this in like a story kind of format. Yeah. And they hadn't really considered it, but like it did plant the seed. And like, you know, I said, we would love to buy 36 East Burke. We would love for you to not sell it to somebody else. But we got to be really honest that as a church, we don't want to own a house in the middle of Towson. We really see this as a step towards like a much deeper partnership yeah. of possibly owning this whole space. And that began this long journey of, how do, do we want this to work and how do we make this work? Which, and then uh, lots of conversations mm-hmm. about uh, timing mm. uh, and patience. That's right. Um, and timelines that were not exactly conventional. <laughs> you know, I, I hear all the time if a deal doesn't work in 90 days or whatever, walk yeah. away. Right. And um, 
We had several iterations of 90 days. <laughs> There's a lot of 90-day windows in yep. there. Yep. Well, Ryan, I love hearing about how the legacy concept came in at such an early stage because it, to me it just always seemed like it was an obvious part of the conversation that we were having in this, on the space committee. Um, we It seemed like we were always looking at a duality of legacies. We were looking at Horizon's future legacy, of That's course, right. but we were also holding with that at the same time the, dual, the, the legacy for First Lutheran. That's right. And, you know, the questions that we were asking around the table um, – very much revolved around how do we honor First Lutheran's mm. legacy? How do we continue that? How do yeah. we? And those how are do big we shoes to fill? Yeah. Those are, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And like their hospitality with us that allowed us to grow as a church. Like, how do we make that legacy our own to always be hospitable in the same ways? Like they have, I mean, they've been serving ACTC ever since its foundation. They're one of the founding churches of ACTC. Food they, for thought. Yeah, food for they. They have been doing so much for the hungry and in the community for generations. And it was it was fun yeah. and rewarding to learn a little bit more about who they had, who mm. they were, and who and how they got to where they are today. Yeah. And again, just a legacy that we, you know, it's, now it's up to us to continue. And and uh, I like the pressure of that. Yeah. yeah, that's right. No, that's absolutely right. So what was the process like negotiating with First Lutheran? So um, it was conversational. Yeah. It was relational. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the pace was uh, often... Uh, what is best for uh, Zach said it so well, the duality of the two of us. That's right. And so I love a good Venn diagram, and <laughs> and uh, the, the issue here was how can we expand that center mm-hmm. so it's win-win for all of us, and then take the pressure off of timing, which for those of us that that like deals and deadlines, that was a discipline that we had to constantly reinforce. <laughs> That's right. Let's just figure out what we want to do, and when we'll take care of itself. Right. I- I remember the the most difficult thing for me, probably of the whole thing, was giving updates to Horizon about something that was so slow moving. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, um, because really I felt like w- what needed to happen most was to strengthen and just solidify the relationships. You know, like they knew yeah. me a little bit, right. but like they got to know Steve, and that was a yeah. huge piece. And they got to know Luke, and they got to, and as they got to know more of our people, the comfort level of the conversations increased. But that's, you know, getting to know someone and trust someone is not something that happens in a 90-day window. No. You know, it was you, a and you can always launches. you can always feel the pressure mm-hmm. to know me well right. and 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 that that always isn't the healthiest right. you know trajectory to be right. on. And so it, it took a lot of breakfast yeah. uh, and a lot of occasions together. That's right. And honestly, that was invigorating yeah. because again, if it had just been transactional mm-hmm. yeah. and not relational, uh, we would have missed that legacy and the depth and the breadth of that legacy yeah. that now we inherit That's right. and, and, and rightfully so. And we want that. Right. And it's it just even funny, like when you think about like, because if this wasn't urgent, this wasn't something that they were like folding up their tents. They were in no rush to sell. So they would have like a council meeting and pose a question to our offer and a month later, we would have a meeting <laughs> and talk about their qu- and then respond. And then a month later, their meeting would then respond. To- I mean, th- literally, that's how it happens sometimes. And so when people are asking for updates, I'm like, well, there's great conversations happening over time, but there's nothing's different necessarily from the outside looking in than it was three months ago. Ryan, for a sense of time, do you recall how early these negotiations started? Or, the, or at least the conversation yeah. started. I want to say it was like fall of 2000. Was it 17? I mean, 17. First, on my notes, we go back to 17. Yeah. Absolutely. Where we first Absolutely. Planted, had that pitch meeting, yeah. planted the seeds. Yeah. I think so. so. Right. Yeah. So we're talking, 
I mean, almost, almost a year and a half, two years later that like we, we, we kind of like actually signed the papers on the first yeah. stage of the plan, which is 3060s Burke. Yeah. And the idea was obviously in people's minds right. long on both sides, you yeah. know, the, the, um, yeah. And I, I mean, I just, I observed from, from my side of it that, um, you know, Steve, Ryan, Luke, Mark, you guys are all being so diligent um, in, you know, getting to know the first Lutheran, uh, representatives and, and just building a relationship, furthering the relationship. And, you know, when, I, when I got involved uh, with respect to preparing paperwork for this, it wasn't a negotiation, right? What was so cool about this was that the relationship that you guys had fostered, um, the discussions that you had had have been so healthy that it came time to formalize the the deal you guys had already struck mm. um it, it was a very gracious process i think that uh, first lutheran was, was very gracious very patient mm. uh with us on our timetable um and when it actually came time to paper it, it it was a matter of just trying to honor the discussions that you guys had had uh that's that's how i felt about it yeah well, let me take a minute to brag on Zach here because we, mm. we, we do this all the time Absolutely. in our leadership meeting, but I don't think the church as a whole knows how much money, headache, and time Zach saved all of us. Because I, let me say, too, like right from the beginning, as soon as I mentioned that our lawyer was going to be involved, you know, guards kind of went up and they're like, oh, no, anytime a lawyer gets involved, it's, you know, it's not going to work. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. Like he's doing this paperwork for free, like, I mean, like just painting the picture of how much time you were sacrificing to do something that we would have to pay a ton of money for to get this service done elsewhere. But Zach, you your eye for detail. I remember like in both, and I mean this in the most positive way ever, but I remember sometimes I wake up to like an email from you and I'm like, deep breath. All right. It's going to be very detailed. <laughs> and like I'm scro- I would always scroll to see how long it was before I decide if I want to read it now or if I want to read it after I've had a shower. <laughs> like- <laughs> oh, but gosh, it gave you such a sense of confidence yeah. that the skill set that God had embedded in our church a was being utilized right. and, and B was being honored. Mm. And the, the, uh, I can't tell Zach how much I appreciated his, his, his temperament oh my goodness. and his um, ability to be concise, even though there was volume. But this kind of transaction needs that. Yeah. It requires that. Mm-hmm. And so we had it, but we had it in a, in a way that was gracious and was uh, inviting mm-hmm. and, and was accepting on all ends, which is not a hard uh, uh, goal to, is a very difficult goal to get. And th- just the other thing with Brian Cousineau, yeah. um, his eye for detail, and Zach's eye for detail, um, w- was amazing and was very, very similar, yeah. just in different ways to express the talent that they have been given by God. Both those guys, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I absolutely agree. And, like, for all the skill sets that we had in the room, we were breaking all kinds of new ground that none of us had done before. Like, um, and, and having Zach involved, like, in no, like, I just felt a like confidence that we weren't going to, like, misstep. You know, and there was a lot of potential landmines. And freed us up then yeah. to go do other yeah. things and not have to then uh, always uh, backfill right. something because we were able to move forward, right. which helped our process, too. Right. 
But I don't know if people realize this. Like, no, no other lawyer is going to hop on a conference call. I, I spent so much time on conference calls with Zach, like calling a management company to get details and information, calling an accountant to make sure we were like all in the in the clear on this. Like, we've spent so much time seeking other professionals, trying to process the information together. I mean, because we, I mean, we didn't just buy this property. We had to set up an LLC. We had to hire a management company who's going to run this thing for us. We had to have an accountant to figure out. We've never paid taxes because we're a church. Like, you know, like we don't have to pay income tax, but and, we're about to pay property tax. And for the not first time. do any footfalls. Oh my goodness! In the doing of this, no, that, we don't that want would, to do anything illegal. <laughs> that would that would put us into a way that 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 could compromise absolutely you know, our, our standing, which you could be disastrous. Could be disastrous, and like, and these were huge things to figure out. So when people think this is like just about getting the deal done, there were so many things that I feel like. I mean, that's just the iceberg. That's the yeah. tip of the iceberg. How many conference calls do we have about the survey? The survey for the property because the like we, we thought we were buying two plots when we set out to do this, and we found out there's what Zach found out there was five, five plots. Yeah. Zach's research helped us understand there were five different plots involved with First Lutheran's property. He, he trained the county as to what was there. That's right. <laughs> and, and the truth be known. Uh, correction, sir, there is a little bit more here than you know. And, well, then, yeah. and, and, and it was it was neat for me because, I, I mean, I saw this as like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. how, how cool is it to give back to the church that mm-hmm. has given so much to each of us? I mean, so much to me. I, I, I started coming to Horizon as I was about to enter law school, mm-hmm. right? Oh, wow. Um, and you guys poured so generously into me across the board in so many ways. Um, so, I mean, I just jumped at the opportunity to, to be able to come in and, and just help with the next phase, mm. you know, and, and just do my do my part, which um, honestly I saw is no bigger than anybody else's and um, an extension of what you guys have been laying a groundwork for for mm. so long. I mean... The level of detail that went into uh, consummating the deal and getting it getting it to the finish line hmm. um, was right. really no different, I, I think, from my perspective, than the level of detail that uh, the committee had been putting into trying to vision cast and plan, hmm. and you guys have been putting into the diligence in your relationships. So now you can see why oftentimes in committee meetings I would say, I concur. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that well yeah. said. Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. But we we are so grateful for. I mean, I can't even say enough. And and we've said it enough times in leadership, but not enough publicly is how grateful we were for your help in that. Because and like you said with Brian as well, we just had professionals who Brian did an incredible work with that. So we have, we, have, we haven't talked about buying it yet, but we should. It's talk a work about of that. art. Yeah. So I'll just say that. Well, that's another thing that, that you talk about familial process. We were renovating this building that we didn't own for what like six months seven months <laughs> like that's a terrible decision to make like from a business standpoint who authorized like, that that's what i want to know who said that was a good idea get those guys in here that's right. well i mean it, and it's it speaks in large parts level of trust between Absolutely. the parties i think yeah you know it's a testament to that yeah. and and oftentimes you hear the phrase put your money where your mouth is that's right and in this instance that came to life mm. And it was a decision that leadership had horizon. Yeah. And, and and kudos to them for vision, for being bold, for being courageous, every one of those uh, precious individuals, and for looking at, at, at us at, on the committee and saying, you know, we trust you. Yeah. A lot of questions, mm-hmm. a lot of hard yeah. questions, a lot of fair questions. Right. A lot of questions mm-hmm. that should have been asked and were asked right. and answers that, that were given but latitude given for us to follow a methodology that we felt was God-ordained but was not orthodox by any means. 
That's absolutely right. And getting back to talking about like the work, the incredible work that Brian did on that property. Like, um, so we're do you remember, do you, do you, you remember when we first walked in there? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, the Jaw one, dropping. The one statement we kept saying, well, the windows are good. <laughs> Everything else needed to be replaced basically, but the windows can oh stay. Oh <laughs> my gosh. I, re- I remember, um, him taking us to the part of that, the first floor and <laughs> him like, saying, this is where all the mischief was. <laughs> and there was a pan that was catching water that was uh, angled incorrectly oh my goodness. and and had just been angled and and had 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 guided water where it shouldn't have gone and him scratching his head and he didn't scratch his head often <laughs> he was scratching his head at this one well, i think we can do this i think we can repair that <laughs> the edge of the building was basically falling off <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it was at risk it was at risk we will least. call it yeah. at risk <laughs> That was the uh, full demo rebuild from the ground up, literally that side of the house. Let yeah. the fun begin. Oh, my goodness. But like, but here's this is kind of speaking to the trust, though. So we're negotiating. We're having these hard conversations. And the reason it's hard is because it's hard to let go of your – like they, they have – this has been their church for their entire lives for some of them, you know. And It isn't just a rental. It's their it's, rental. Oh, my goodness. It's, and that's it, always it, yeah. such an emotional yeah. barrier to get over. The idea of letting go of your space and entrusting with someone else is a grieving process. It just is, you know, and like, but I think as they, they couldn't help but notice, and I can't help but think that these two things aren't connected, that like, as we are trusting to put money in and to beautify this one corner, this property on the corner, the, the house on the corner of their property, and they see how beautiful the work is, and they see how well it's being done, and they see the care of which it's being restored, and Brian's work just is just great, and the whole Rosewood team's care, like him, all those who worked in that house, we're so grateful for them. But I think I think it just probably gave them confidence to entrust the rest of the process. Like this is a group that we can sell this church to; they will take care of it. So when I was um, sending pictures out to other entities that we had to interact with yeah. for them to see what we were doing, right? Um, almost to a person, the question come back: Now, where's this located again? Right. This this is in 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 the center of a city. <laughs> you know, it, it is so well done yeah. that it has almost this beach appeal yeah. for something that is that type of uh, priority and quality into it. Mm. And what I thought was the most rewarding metaphor for this whole journey for us was that we started the renovation on the inside mm. and we went deep right. and we found uh, areas that needed repair and then more areas that needed repair mm-hmm. and then critical areas that needed repair. And we as a church took that project on, worked on the inside Got the inside correct, and if this isn't ever what God does has done for all of us, so we've done it now mm-hmm. in in a physical property, and then at the end, uh, Brian and Kara, they 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 transform the outside and they change it, and all of a sudden the outside now is this beacon of of just beauty, and it's compelling, and and and, and it's inviting. But that's an indicative of what happened on the inside, mm-hmm. and if there ever is a metaphor for us as Horizon to do. We're going to work on people. Mm. We're going to give them a, a place to come where they can be, and we can slowly, methodically, God graciously work on on issues that they have, that they need his mm. touch and his help. And then on the outside, all of a sudden, something's going to pop, and, and we want to be like them. My mm. gosh, if that isn't ever a metaphor for what we want the church to become and is and has been, that's our legacy. And that's what yeah. we want Towson to see is that yeah. pop. This is who we are. Come be with us because it's not anything we do, even though we, we are people that have, are passionate about the Lord, but it's God. That's great. 
Steve, that was so that's so well said, and I'm so excited that you said that. What a what a beautiful analogy of transforming from the inside out, and how that started with the house, and how that's part of our journey. I love that. Um, just to kind of capture this, the summation of how we kind of came to closure on on this deal, which was very very familial and took a long time. You know, how did we balance desire to get to closing, which we had an urgency to kind of get this done, but we didn't want to do anything poorly. We wanted to do due do, do diligence on the deal. How did we balance that tension? Yeah, and that, that's a hard thing to hold in tension um, because I think it comes back to the idea of stewardship, uh, which I think is a theme that ran through a lot of this, stewardship and obedience, right? Um, but, you know, as as a, a congregation or as, as a committee uh, on behalf of the congregation, we wanted to make sure that we were getting into a deal that um, was a good use of the of the church's resources yeah. uh, that had been faithfully entrusted to the church. Hmm. Um, and, and almost like they, they, we'd given a charge that you guys and and the and the ladies that were with us. So I want that to be be as broad as possible. Yeah. There was a committee of of, of 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 us that were charged with starting this, hmm. and so. Uh, God's timing eventually comes to a point where 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 the seas part yeah. and you walk through. Yeah. And you get right up there not knowing, but all of a sudden we had to get up there and there was there were times where we did not know, but we were convinced that that this was a charge given to us to start this way and to finish it and then we would be on to uh the next component that would add on to this for our ministry to right. to continue with the university, with the city, with us, with the neighborhood. We're just vitally concerned that those concentric circles now start to emanate. That's right. Well, and, and you know, we were we were focused not only on the White House property, but I think what made this especially more complicated is we were focused on the main church building and that overarching what we call mm-hmm. the main church campus. I think, right. um, and that was where a lot of our due diligence went because, as you guys were mentioning, you know, uh, Brian and Kara were renovating. The White House almost in its entirety, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so we did a lot of kicking the tires with respect to the main uh, mm-hmm. property and trying to get in touch and understand the history of the property, what phases it was constructed in, you know, how mm-hmm. it came to be the just way just it borders, is. Just borders, like what you were talking about, you know, because yeah. there were times where, where where every conversation that we'd have, things would change and morph, and <laughs> is that ours? Is that not ours? And why is that there? And and who takes care of that? Uh, the alley and you know, it's just snow right, removal right. and. And, and and just water flow. I mean, a lot of challenges with that, well, but, yeah. but opportunities too. And because the idea is to hit the ground running, right? right. Like we don't we don't want to be at a deficit um, as as we step into the next phase. That's right. um, and so Correct. you know, for, fortunately, uh, you know, standard commercial uh, real estate contracts have study periods built into them, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's very reasonable to have a time period like that. So we had 120 days to to do our due diligence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had built into that a 30-day period after the due diligence period ended to get to closing. So we did have this prescribed period of time, albeit 150 days, right. which which is a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we did I have a structure. I you're halfway through it and you still got stuff to right. do. <laughs> like well, all deadlines, they are taskmasters at a certain point in time. You mean we have to have what done by when? <laughs> the day after it's signed, it's like, okay, let's go. First yeah, thing, we got to yeah, start getting things yeah. scheduled. Uh, the but, clock the, ticks. But, but we did it and we did it early. Like We, we got to a, a, a point where we were satisfied with what we had found yeah. um, and the stones we had turned over to be able to make an educated decision. And like with all historic properties, there comes a point where that's all we know, even though our questions continue to linger. This is is the best that we can do right now. Yeah. Mm. That's great. No, that's absolutely right. And I think... uh, 
but I can tell you, I, I I know the three of us were all at the closing table, and the the sense of the weight off of the shoulders when we fi- signed that paperwork and we're able to kind of like. That was a good day. Yeah, that was a good yeah. day. <laughs> that, 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 it that was a well well battled for moment. <laughs> well, and and it was it was uh, a good day for everyone around yeah, the table. I it agree. was it was a very um, just jubilant and healthy uh, event to be a part of. It was, it was an honor for me just to witness the you know what was evident as the relationship you guys had built you know coming mm-hmm. to fruition at the table because yeah. there was accomplishment on both ends. Absolutely mm-hmm. continuity, and then the baton passing, and then uh, our charge. Than to go forward with yes. with the continuity that was that was being presented. I mean, and, and the stewardship and the pressure of that. Yeah, to, absolutely. For the sake of those who who weren't there, I mean, it's, it was very evident to me that First Lutheran was happy to be selling this property to us. Right. They were happy that we were taking it. Yeah. Um, they were happy with the deal that had been struck. You know, which which I think just is, is so important and just speaks volumes. Mm. That's huge. I, I know we've already talked about the legacy of First Lutheran with that, but. You know, what do you feel is First Lutheran's legacy in regards to 36 East Burke specifically? You know, and um, just to give a little history, it had been used for a long time as a, a house for turnaround for women who were coming out of battered situations. Um, so, like, I mean, incredibly open-handed in that sense. But Betty clued us into something that I didn't know, which was that um, Fred Walker, and if you if that name sounds at all familiar, doesn't sound familiar, what, if you've been a part of a Horizon baptism in the past five, six years— we walk to Fred Walker's house. He's just a generous man in the neighborhood who allows us to Incredibly hold generous. baptisms in his backyard. Well, it turns out that back in the day, he was the, the president of the council or something for First Lutheran. And he was the one who had purchased 36 East Burke and donated it to the church for it to be served for different purposes. And it was their vision at the time to allow it to be a shelter for women who were coming out of difficult situations. We're talking about a beautiful legacy around this house. And it was just from lack of funding that they eventually the house started to fall into disrepair and started to kind of, you know, become more of a liability to them because they couldn't function with it the way they wanted to at one point. But it, for it to have accomplished what it did as a house for so many years in the heart of Towson is such a powerful thing. So I love the part of that that speaks to uh, an ability to be agile mm-hmm. and to adapt mm-hmm. and to look at uh, God's continual uh, opportunity given and not just get caught in, well, this is who we are right. and that's who we're going to always be. Yeah. That plus more, much like a family expands that's right. and, and ages bring new opportunities and new activities. The church, as it aged, did not get stagnant and mm. stale. What it did get was uh, agile and ability to see and in a certain point in time what can we do for the community that's right and now what else can we do for the community because yeah. they had all kind they were generous with their with their space mm-hmm. they were generous with other churches right. um, they were generous with the community um, and that's a legacy that we absolutely want to continue and then put you know the horizon spin on it that's right yeah yeah, and I, I love how it's uh, an outpost for mm. the main tr- uh, First Lutheran property. Yeah, you know that as you're coming up Burke, you hit the White House first, yeah. and and it welcomes you into their territory yeah, there. That's right. Um, and now it's a beautiful blue house. <laughs> right. So now we're calling it the blue house. <laughs> we, Only us insiders will know that it was temporary place. It was a White House. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. That's well said, Zach. I, I feel like. Um, you know, and it was really cool to be able to call Fred to tell him that this was taking place and for him to just be really excited, you know, like that. I like, bet um, there must have been just a, a real sense of deep, deep satisfaction mm, that mm. an investment made decades ago right. still had 
attraction. That's right. And impact and effect. Yeah. That, that, right. that had to be just wonderful. Yeah. Well, yeah, I aspire to that. Well, and to me, what it's an illustration of is you know sowing into the kingdom, mm-hmm. and that you know the investment into the kingdom that Fred made way back when, and the first Lutheran made over all those years, and now we get a chance to, to make. I mean, we're just stewards for what just God stewards. has in store yeah, for right. it for the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. Absolutely. So what are you most excited about in regards to space and land for this next season of Horizon? So I would say that um, our process continues, mm-hmm. and can we continue to sharpen our vision, yet without having too much bias in it? Because I think that the lesson learned in how this came about may be how we go in the future where a little bit unconventional, a little bit challenging. Can we continue to work without our own confirmation bias as to what we think space should look like or church should operate like? And if we can hold on to God's presence and transformation, Hmm. and that can be our journey, I'm in, in in such a big way. Absolutely. Uh, I, I love that we're putting down deeper roots in the community. Mm. Um, you know, we've, we've been in the heart of Towson for 15 years. Right. Right. Um, and owning real estate isn't anything magical. Right. You know, I mean, we there's nothing different now than there was before in that sense. We've, we have been uh, so f- well engaged in w- what's happening in Towson, the people uh, and the needs in Towson, uh, in the heart of Towson. Uh, but there is something about you know now buying this property mm-hmm. and preparing to buy other properties um, that is setting our roots down perhaps in a deeper or, or different way yeah. um, and you know I, I live in the neighborhood so I get to drive by or walk by uh, the White House you know on, on a daily basis and um, just to start becoming more aware of mm-hmm. the needs of the neighborhood I think we now have yeah. a, 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 a bigger seat at the table I love um, that. I was thinking the same yeah, thing, so, seated at the table, and, yeah. the, and the responsibility that goes with that for Absolutely. the neighborhood now. Absolutely. Now, it's, now it's not the neighborhood we're in, it's our neighborhood. That's right. right. I love that. Yeah, and I yeah. think, so for me, I've been thinking a lot about how, you know, we are a neighbor. You know, as, as a mm. collective body of, of believers, we are a neighbor. Um, we have an obligation, like you're saying, to, you know, the, the people around us mm. um, who form that community, the needs, um, and just to be be a witness. Yeah. Um, and, and, to, and to tease out now our whole concept of, how the church should treat neighbors, right? And who is your neighbor? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Now we can ask that question often, and and spin it and and, and yeah. define it in in broader and broader context. Which, yeah. and, again, I'm in. And for me, as we were kind of turning the corner time wise into getting toward closing, yeah. um, that was the deep breath that mm-hmm. I was starting to take because I could I started seeing very clearly mm-hmm. like, yeah. okay, we are taking on a lot of responsibility. Yeah. It's not about the house, right. uh, you know. It's it's about the next step that we're walking what it into to. as a church. Always with God. What yeah. it points to, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great, guys. I mean, and the, I I'm really excited about that too. About the idea of saying like, there was always a little bit of transience about like investing in the neighborhood because you weren't sure how long you'd be there. To say this is where Horizon Church is planting its flag for the next generation is to say now how do we love this neighborhood well? Like what, it, what does it look like to impact a neighborhood that maybe a lot of them aren't going to Horizon or aren't going to church? Period. And I think that's something that's going to be powerful for us to explore. Just to give you guys out there just the details of what's going to happen with 36 East Burke, we are going to rent it out for the foreseeable future. And part of that's just honestly like we want to get great renters who are great neighbors and who really care for the property well. 
but there's just the X's and O's of like, we need to kind of pay for this building. And once this building's paid off, we'll be very, very creative about what to do with the space. But there's still just the dollar signs that we're trying to accomplish. And we wanted to be wise financially, put ourselves in a situation where this, this property could pay for itself while we reload to kind of go with where we're going next, which is to buy the main church campus. I agree. I think this is just the end of the beginning. Right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, guys, I am really excited. Thank you for being on the show with us today. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us. us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for joining the captain, us today. The captain invited us. So. <laughs> if you would like more information about Horizon Church, you can check out our website at horizontowson.com. We are a community where you will be loved and have an opportunity to be loved. Thanks for joining us on the Horizon. 